On October 10th, 2019, three-year-old Arabella Parker suffered a brutal beating by her mother's boyfriend, Jared Burgess. In the media frenzy that followed, several questions arose surrounding the history of abuse, the alleged reports, and who's to blame. After the child's death on November 22, 2019, one question remains prominent. How do we prevent this from happening again? Bringing you the facts of the case of the murder of three-year-old Arabella Parker, this is About Last Night, a true crime podcast. Produced by Harv Productions, LLC. Welcome back to About Last Night, and thank you for being here. I'm your host, Anna Wiest, an advocate for justice, joined today by Mandy Kegler and Lucinda Baylor, Arabella Parker's aunts and Samantha Delcamp's sisters. From what I can tell, both Mandy and Lucinda were largely involved in Arabella's life and are willing to tell us this devastating story from their points of view. Okay, we have some special guests on the show today. Some of Arabella Parker's relatives are joining us to talk. So do you guys both want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? I am Arabella's aunt, Lucinda. And I'm Arabella's aunt, Mandy. When you look up Arabella Parker on the internet, you come across several images of a red-haired little girl with the biggest smile on her face. This was my first opportunity to speak to someone who knew Arabella, and I wanted to know what she was like. So the first thing that I kind of wanted to ask you guys, can you tell us about what Arabella was like? What did she like? How was she as a child? Happy, sweet, always smiling. Got into everything. (laughs) (laughs) Always bringing you stuff. If you, like, Google Arabella and you, like, just click on images, like, in every picture, it's just, like, this super bright face and big smile. And I feel like that really emulates, like, what you guys are saying. Both Mandy and Lucinda seem to have had close relationships with their sister, Samantha. Samantha started dating Jared Burgess just four months before the incident with Arabella. I had to wonder... Had these relatives ever suspected that something wasn't right? Did they think that their niece or sister might be in danger? Did their sister ever confide in them that she was scared or ask them for help? Prior to, like, what happened, did either of you ever have, like, a feeling that she may not be safe? Yep. I did. I honestly thought it was just Sam. I didn't think that he was hurting her. Yeah. I, I honestly did not think that he was hurting her. Mm-hmm. But you did believe that he was hurting Samantha. Yes. yes. Did did either of you report, like, anything to children and youth or to authorities? I did. To children and youth? And to the cops. And do you know, like, if they checked in or if anything became of what you reported? Uh, I guess there was an investigation after I reported it to the cops, and it was unfounded. So, um... Francis and I kind of talked about how this child, this little child, ended up living in a home with a convicted sex offender. 
So when Arabella was living with Harry Young, were you aware of who he was and like his criminal history? No, I had no idea who Harry was. Do you think that your sister knew who he was? Absolutely. And so when did you like find out who this guy was? <sighs> not until later, much later. I'm not even quite sure when. Mm-hmm. And when, when you found out, did you like report anything? I never reported it, but Amanda did. Okay. And do you know like what came of that? I don't know if you would know. I don't I don't think anything. Clearly obviously uh, okay. nothing happened. And then like did you know about Jared Burgess's like history? Like I went in the research that I've done, I read that like he had he was subject to a PFA from a former relationship. Like did you guys know about that when your sister got in a relationship? Oh, yeah, with him? I I looked him up on PAE docket and I told the caseworker that he had um, a PFA and he has charges pending of um, fighting and um, getting into a fight and she looked him up I guess and she said it has nothing to do with a child so it's okay okay and like you Lucinda said that you thought that your sister was you know in danger that you never thought Arabella was in danger did Samantha ever like reach out to you and ask for help? She never asked for help, but she had asked me to take her to Island to get her glasses fixed. And I went over where when they lived on Reagan Street and she came down with Arabella and she said that her he slapped her and broke her glasses. And I I'm like, what do you mean he slapped you? And then he came down and then she played it off like it was an accident and he didn't actually like hit her out of anger. Like then it was an accident when he came down and nothing, she never said a word to me about the situation ever again mm -hmm. and played it off like it was no big deal. Do you think that there was like, and now this is just from like an outsider's perspective, do you think there was like a mental kind of like manipulation, like there was a mental abuse between the two of them as well as a physical abuse? Do you think that could have contributed to, like, why she didn't talk? Something, something was there. Mm -hmm. I don't, I've never personally seen Sam mentally abuse her or obviously physically, but mm -hmm. I just, I just don't understand why she didn't talk. There had to have been something. Mm -hmm. I, unfortunately, I didn't see it. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there was any of that, like, with Jared and Sam. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm sure. From him to her. Yes. Oh, yes. I heard him on the phone one time talking to her. Like, I've never heard a person talk to a person. Like, it was like watching a movie. Wow. It, it was it was disgusting. Just like, he said, you're a drunk, aren't you, Sam? And Sam was like, no. He's like, you're a drunk. And she's like, no, I'm not. He's like, yes, you are. You are a drunk. She's like, yeah, I am. So I, there was definitely, like, some mental absolutely. manipulation going on, at least on that end. Do you think that because of that, like, there's a lot of, like, domestic abuse and, like, domestic violence. Do you think that played a role in, like, how the situation ended up with Arabella? Like, that Sam didn't say anything, that didn't ask you for help because of, like, the mental mind games with him? Probably. Yeah. yeah. And then she was dependent on somebody to take care of her. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. 
because I'm not in Sam's head. Right. I don't understand why you would want to be with somebody who treated you that way. Mm-hmm. You had family members to go to. Mm-hmm. And she just continued to stay with him and go back with him. So tell me about the incident that happened in Sunbury. Um, on a Saturday, I went and got Sam and Arabella. They, Sam literally moved everything out of the house. And then not, not even like two, three hours later, she went back to him. So my mom and I, like two days later, we called the cops and we went up to Reagan Street to try to talk to Sam to actually leaving him for good to stay with whoever. And because we were standing out, we were sitting outside for quite some time and I never talked to him. I stood across the street by my car. Uh, and that was around the time that they moved to Treverton from Sunbury. So that was like right before the the incident with Arabella. Yeah, it was a month. So before we get into that day, I just want to ask both of you guys like what would you have done if your sister had reached out to you and said, "Look, I'm in danger. Arabella's in danger. Will you help me?" Sam was supposed to be staying with me. And because she had fines down here in Sunbury when she was living in Millwin, and she apparently didn't like staying with me because it only lasted a month and she moved down to pine street in sunbury and she would just come to my house for the children youth visits so children youth was visiting in even then yeah in may they started in may uh-huh. from may to so would that have been before she got with jared yeah they were visiting wasn't that because of the whole she was living with Harry? I think so. Okay. Or was living with Harry and didn't have a stable address. So they were doing regular visits. Yeah, they would come to my house. And then she stopped coming to my house and children youth kept coming to my house. I was like, look, she's I haven't seen Sam in days. Stop coming here because you don't need to come here. And I told her where they lived up on Reagan Street and I told Sam... And Sam was like, why would you tell them where I lived? I was like, because they're not coming to my house for me. They're yeah. coming for you. She and was it's like, what does she want you to say? Yeah. She's know? like, well, that's really rude. I said, no, what's really rude is you not being here when they're here. Mm-hmm. And then putting it on you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be right back. The America's Hose Company has been serving Sunbury and the surrounding community since 1893. Today, they respond to emergencies with multiple ambulance crews and a tower within the Sunbury Fire Department. Their social club is a hot spot for many Sunbury locals looking for a relaxed environment and a home-cooked meal after a long day on the job. Their menu offers the classics along with a new special every day at an affordable price for the whole family. Come and enjoy yourself for good food good drinks, and good friends. Arabella Parker was brutally beaten on October 10th, 2019. According to reports, on this day, Jared Burgess and Samantha Delcamp were both present. After the beating, but before authorities were notified, they called Burgess's mother, Christy Willis. But how did Samantha's side of the family find out what had happened okay so let's go to october 10th 
2019. So, you guys tell me about the day from your point of view. Like, how did you hear about what happened? I was at work, and I had got a message from a friend saying, asking me if Layla was okay, which is my daughter. And I'm like, I start freaking out because she's at a babysitter's. And I text the babysitter and was like, is Layla okay? And she was fine. And then I said to that friend that messaged me, I'm like, yeah, she's fine. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I got it wrong. It's Arabella. She's in, I think, I believe she's in the hospital with a head injury. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And at this point I was at work, so I couldn't really, you know. So then when I got off work, I called Mandy. I called uh, my sister, Sarah. I called my mom to see if they heard from Sam at all. And it, no one heard from her. So we made so many calls. I don't even know to who and, you know, at that point. And then we went up to where Sam and Jared were living and there was troopers, state troopers, standing outside of her house. And the only thing that they would tell us is that Arabella was in the hospital. So then after that, we... And Sam was at um, was in the hospital as well. She was at Sunbury. So then we went to... Uh, went to see Sam to see, you know, what was going on and what happened. And then she kind of, kind of told us a little bit, but not, you know, in detail. Then we left her to, then we went up to Geisinger to see Arabella. So what, what did Sam first tell you about what had happened? Sam really didn't talk to me about it. Really? Yeah. I only talked to Sam. It was probably like the first maybe a week that Arabella was in the hospital because I seen right all behind her fakeness and mm -hmm. I told her how it was and she didn't like it. So we kind of stopped talking after that. Mandy and Lucinda went with Samantha to be interviewed by the Daily Item only two days after her daughter was beaten. This was their sister. I couldn't imagine what was going through their minds as they heard her story. So right after that day, just like two days later, you all went to the Daily Item, or a couple of you went to the Daily Item so that Samantha could talk to reporters. Um, when she told her story, what were your first thoughts? I didn't, I didn't believe anything she said. You didn't? No, I did not. She was trying to, I get there's domestic violence, but when your, your child is involved, that don't matter anymore. Like, that is your child. You are supposed to protect her. She can't protect herself. And it, there's no excuse. Mm -hmm. There's none. And she was trying to make excuses and lies to, to cover up what, what she knew was going on the whole time. And she did nothing. She, stories she had so many chances for help and she took none of them. So, did you have any contact with either Jared or his mother, like, after the incident, before they were arrested? No. No. Nope. Jerry, I mean, um, Christy reached out to me on a message, and I told her to please never contact me again, because I have nothing to say to her. Then I blocked her. Right. And Jared, no. We'll be back after this. 
celebrate Sunbury Riverfest this August 18th to the 20th. This year's festivities are kicking off with the annual Valley's Got Talent competition. Francis and I will both be judging this year's acts, so come and see us and some entertaining local performers on Thursday, August 18th at 7 p.m. in the Shiklemi High School Auditorium. Then venture over to Front Street on Friday and Saturday for food, fun, music, and more at this year's Art Comes Alive themed Riverfest. Find Sunbury River Festival on Facebook for more information. Arabella Parker spent 44 days in Geisinger Medical Center. During this time, her aunts were with her as much as they could be. So during the 44 days that Arabella was in the hospital, how did you guys handle that? Like, what were you doing during that time? I was there every day, minus like four days. Mm -hmm. Just needed time to collect myself, sleep, because I also work third shift. Right. So after work, I'd get come home and get the kids ready for my kids ready for school, and then I'd go up there from like eight thirty to two. And I'd come home and get my son off the bus, and then sleep for like three hours, and then go back to work and do it all over again. And was Sam at the hospital a lot during that time? Yeah, yeah. What did you think when she left to do the Steve Wilco show? <laughs> I told her it was a bad idea, but to go ahead and do it. <laughs> I thought it was pathetic. Your child is in the hospital fighting for her, her life, and she leaves and goes to a different state mm -hmm. to do a show that she had no business doing in the first place to leave her daughter. And who her she could have passed away then, and she and then leaves. She would have been that shows how right. she, how she really cared. She was all about going to the show to try to make herself look good and innocent and not worry about what was important and that was Arabella at that time. Which clearly isn't what happened on the show. So right. what did you think when you saw the what did you think when you saw the show? I knew that's how it was gonna go. Yes. Yep. I, I absolutely knew that was how it was gonna go. And I mean I think he was a little dramatic, but I mean he wasn't wrong. What he said and wasn't wrong. After Samantha Delcamp was arrested, her sister, Mandy Kegler, was granted custody of Arabella. While it must have been a relief to have the child out of the hands of Samantha and Jared, Mandy's new role came with an abundance of responsibility and hard decisions. So pretty soon after or during the time that Arabella was in the hospital, you, Mandy, started trying to get custody of her. Tell me how you went about that. I uh, just went down to the courthouse and filed the paperwork. And I told Sam that I was filing for custody and she started crying. And I said, well, would you rather me or would you rather children, youth, or the state have custody of her and make all the decisions? She cried for a little bit and then she said she would rather me. And how long did it take for the courts to grant you custody? I don't think it was too long. A week. So after you were given custody, like, you had a lot of responsibility. What was that like for you? Very, very hard. I don't wish it upon anybody. And the doctors, I'm sure, are telling you, you know, a lot of things about Arabella when she's in a coma in the hospital. And... 
you have to take what the doctors are suggesting and make the final decision. So what were the doctors, what were they telling you in those last few days? That she would never be the same little girl that she was. She would most likely always be on a, on a trach, have a feeding tube, never know that anybody's really around, basically in a vegetated state. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, couldn't do that to her. And then you had to make that final decision. So was that kind of all of you together, you know, as a family? I mean, obviously you had to give the final say, but you kind of all were on the same page. Like you couldn't allow that to happen, of course. Um, During the time that she was in the hospital, what, what was the media like and the community? Like what was your experience with the media, the community reaching out? It was good. And the good came with the bad. That's why I try not to read the comments because I know as a person mm-hmm. who I am and I don't need a complete stranger, an outsider that had no idea and only knew what the hearsay, what other people said. I, I just tuned him out. I, you have to. Mm-hmm. And then you have suggestions. You should have kidnapped her. The police said we could not kidnap her or charges would be brought against us. Mm-hmm. So then it would still be in the same position. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> if police, if, if you kidnapped her and then you're arrested. No matter what, no matter what we she said or did, goes, people yeah. would have opinions. And still went back with Sam. We would have charges. We would the job mm-hmm. or houses or cars. Mm-hmm. Like how would we survive? So um, how would we take But the main thing was Arabella would be back in the same situation. Right. It, so it would have lost cause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a lose situation because I know Sam would have pressed charges mm-hmm. if that would have happened because he probably would have made her. Right. So on the day that your sister Sam was arrested, how did you guys find out about that? Uh, the trooper had called me and said that she was going to be arrested. After, you know, you had to take Arabella off of life support. Um, did you feel the community kind of supporting the situation, supporting you guys? I heard that there was like vigils and stuff. Um, like how did that affect you guys? It was nice that they did that support. But it didn't really take away from Mm -hmm. the awful situation that you were in. And now a quick word from our sponsors. At Sunbury Motor Company, the letters SMC mean a lot to us. Those letters stand for a tradition of trust since 1915. SMC. Stand for selling more cars. And satisfying more customers. SMC. It stands for Sunbury Motor Company. And when you need a Ford, Hyundai, or Kia, you have our lowest price promise. Log on to sunburymotors.com to see more choices and save more cash. And then you can say, start my car. I'll take it. SMC. In the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. As I have looked at this case, it has become my opinion that something could have and should have been done to help this child. As I continue to dissect the intricacies of this story, I wanted an insider's perspective on what needs to be changed in our systems to strengthen them and to help protect children across this county and others. Kind of what I want to wrap up with my um 
kind of the position that I'm taking in doing this whole thing and the mission that I myself have, um, I'm after is to look at this case and think, why did this happen? How did our systems allow for this to happen? And how do we ensure that this doesn't happen again? So I wanted to hear from you guys because you experienced it and you were there. Um, what changes do you think we need to see in our systems to prevent something like this from happening? In May, when Sam and the um, caseworker would come, Sam would stop coming. And I said, what would happen to Arabella if you took her? And she's like, well, she would go in foster care. And I said, no, she would not. She would, I want her here with me. And she said that she did, she would do background checks and blah, blah, blah. And then like, it's like two weeks later, it was changed caseworkers. So why did caseworkers change? And why was nothing ever done? I, I don't know. There needs to be a huge change. For one, if there's an abuse allegation, that child should have been seen by a doctor the first time. There's no if ands, or buts. If she would have been seen by a doctor, it would have all stopped. There was, there was nothing after that. The caseworker should have said, if there's nothing going on, let's take her to a doctor. Or just have done it. Just have done it. Taken her. They have the authority to do so. And it was brushed underneath brushed underneath and never never done because I don't think that they really truly cared they couldn't have they couldn't have how could they and it was more than just one more than just one call and they treated it like like nothing and Dr. Bellino testified at Samantha's trial that when Arabella came in like there was a clear abuse history with the bruises and like how much pain she must have been in and so how does that reflect on the caseworkers reporting that the child was fine and was playful and everything like that did they really even did they really even see her did they because I, I don't think they she did I know she did the day that it that the day before that it happened, she said she's seen her. No, it was and that morning. It was that morning? Mm-hmm. Well, I know she had to have because she described the same outfit that Arabella had on the night before. Because she was at my house the night before. And that outfit that she described was the outfit that she had on at my house the night before. So she had to see her then. But... I don't, I just don't believe that they really followed through with what they said that they did. So the current policies that are in place, not only in this county, but across the state, how do you think that those should be strengthened or should be changed? Strengthened by calling every single time. No text messaging, no Facebook messaging. You need to be calling and seeing the the people, the kids. And were there incidents of like Facebook messaging or text messaging in this situation yep and how did that play out well they by messaging they don't see the child right and they i know so every like, time they, they visited they never they didn't see arabella every single time they they, sh- they couldn't have so are they like messaging the parents like 
how is the child and then just taking their word for that apparently that's how what they were doing because i don't see how that could be checking in on the child especially when the parents are the people that you're probably not gonna be taking their word for it i yeah is there anything else like specific that you experienced that policy-wise you think should be taken care of as Mandy said, I think that the changing caseworkers is, it, there's no, I'm, how about am I trying to say, like, how one charts something, is the other one getting everything that that person has seen, has wrote down, has charted, all the paperwork, is the other caseworker getting all of that, and do they know really what's going on once they take over? Right. Or are they even trying to know what's going on and taking over? Did you even know that the caseworker changed until I, she showed up and was like, oh, hey, I'm your new caseworker? Yep. Uh, well, Sam's new caseworker. I'm like, what? But I, I don't think that that, unless there's a reason, a good reason for them to change caseworker in the middle of the case, then I don't feel that they should, that that should happen. I think children and youth need to listen to family members more because sometimes they know more than what that person is saying. Finally, I asked Mandy and Lucinda if they had the opportunity to say one thing to Arabella, what would they say? I wish that she was here instead of in heaven and that I loved her and I wish I could have helped her. <laughs> Think about her every day. I was there the day she was born. The day she left. Thank you for listening to this episode. It was a hard, emotional interview for everyone involved, so I want to thank Mandy and Lucinda for being willing to come on the show. I know it wasn't easy, but it's helping me to get this story out and to push for change. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Harv Productions LLC to stay up to date on everything we have in the works, and be sure to tune in again next week.